This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast, session number 98, How to Overcome Body Image Issues. Hi there, and welcome to session number 98 of the Dancepreneuring Studio. I'm thrilled that you're with me today. And the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the privilege and the joy of bringing you this journey I'm on back into the dance world after a 20 plus year hiatus and the transformation I'm experiencing, the lessons I've learned for dance, life and business. And I get to share some amazing artists that I've met along the way who generously give their time to share their stories, their ideas, strategies and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. I loved this conversation I had with the founder of The Whole Dancer, and Jess Spinner is a former professional dancer. I'm going to go into her bio here in just a moment with this interview, but oh my goodness, if I had known about her and her resources way back when, things would be a little bit different, <laughs> and you'll see what I mean. We talk about things like getting over limiting beliefs about body image and her journey when she got injured as a professional dancer and how that led to her creating her signature programs that help professional dancers and any other type of dancer uh, regarding just becoming the best dancer that you can be. And then she gives three great tips that you can implement to get over the whole perfectionistic mindset and attitude. I think you're going to love this. Thank you so much again for joining me. Hi, this is Jess Spinner, former professional ballet dancer and founder of The Whole Dancer, and you're listening to another session of the Dancepreneuring Studio with Annette Bone. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. I think that things work out for a reason, and sometimes the reasons manifest themselves immediately. And sometimes they happen in the future, and they're revealed in the future. And this was the case with a dance event that I went to this past year called Dancer Palooza. It's a very popular event for the dance competition world. And it draws teachers and students from all over the world. And it's a pretty amazing event. I'm not really into that dance competition world, but I always learn so much. And of course, being a dance fan, I take everything in. And at this event, I picked up a copy of Dance Spirit magazine, which I read on occasion. And I'm so glad I picked up this issue because I found my next awesome guest. She is a former professional ballet dancer turned health coach and the founder of The Whole Dancer. She's danced with the Louisville Ballet and freelanced in the Boston area before an injury ended her career. She felt a lack of life balance and support during her professional dancing days. This inspired her to create The Whole Dancer, not only to educate dancers about food and lifestyle, but to provide a place of support and inspiration. Oh my goodness, if I had this when I started dancing, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, you know, thank you so much, Jess Spinner, for being on the podcast. I want to welcome you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to do this. Oh, me too. I so resonated 
with your mission, your message, uh, the resources that you provide to dancers. And I know that your business has grown out of your own struggles and your personal experiences. When you had body image issues, did that start only when you started dancing professionally? Or was it when you first started dancing? What was the genesis of these issues? Sure. It started well before my professional career. Um, it really, I would, I can kind of pinpoint the moment. It began after I went away for my first summer program. So that was at around age 13. And I, for the first time, was on my own with food and making those dietary choices each day. I wasn't in my mother's house having her guidance or support in that area. So I kind of had to, you know, choose what to eat at every meal while dancing a lot more than I ever had before. So I was influenced largely by my peers and my friend group, and some of them just ate so much and and we were dancing so much, so I kind of did the same thing. And over the course of that summer, this was also, you know, pre-puberty, so I hadn't had my final growth spurt yet. Um, I gained some weight. And when I came back to my home studio, one of my first classes back, I had been just sitting outside watching the class before, and my teacher sat down next to me, and she tapped me on the thigh and said, that wasn't there before. And so for a 13-year-old, that was kind of a, a shocking, and I had never had any thought about my body prior to that. And then all of a sudden, I said to myself, oh my goodness, I have to go on a diet. I need to lose weight. I'm fat. My thighs are too big. This is not going to work. I want to be a professional dancer. I have to do something about it. So uh, at that point, I started dieting with zero guidance. I didn't tell my mother or anything that I was going to be dieting, but I decided I would only eat things that had three grams of fat or less because at 13, when you really have no idea, that sounded like a good idea to me. And um, that's where it started. And over the years, my weight fluctuated a lot because I was always very unhealthy with my food choices and my mindset around food was even the bigger part. So that's kind of where the body image stuff began. You know, at such a young age, when you have put your heart and soul into something that you're so passionate about, and then to have just one little thing kind of tweak that and kind of get you, you know, your mind and your emotions all, you know, and you're like you said, you're dealing with the whole puberty thing as it is. Mm -hmm. And just that I, I remember that too, because I remember when I was in a dance program about that age, a little bit older, maybe 14, 15, and uh, the, the, choreographer told me, you know, and I talked about this, gosh, I think a while on one of my old podcasts, but uh, she said, I know you've been working hard and you've lost some weight, but I need you to lose some more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, I was kind of like dumbfounded, like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm still not thin enough, you know? Right. And I I think as educate, you know, dance teachers really have to be choreographers. They're the words are really piercing. Just they are, you know. And um, I'm so happy that you, you know, you um created this business that is so needed in such a delicate and important area. And um, it's just you know, how did you deal with uh, with that going forward though? Like, were you constantly tormented by? what your teacher said and then thoughts and like how, you know, how did that progress? 
Yeah, it it was a constant mental torture that I put myself through. Always, you know, focusing, especially as a ballet dancer, always feeling like, even at my thinnest, that my thighs were never small enough. So, you know, she had really planted that seed early on. And then there had there was other feedback over the years as my weight fluctuated, like I said, that reinforced that idea and I I just clung to it. And anytime something went wrong in my career or in my training, you know, I, I would blame that aspect of myself. So it it consistently tortured me throughout. And, you know, before I started the whole dancer, I reached out to a lot of dancers that I know, asking them for feedback on their own experiences, because, you know, I obviously wouldn't have started the whole dancer if I felt like it was really, it was just me who was dealing with this. I knew it was more widespread, but I kind of wanted a little bit more validation from them that they had a similar experience. And I was shocked because the vast majority, even those who, friends who I would look at and say, oh, her body is perfect, had a story, uh, something similar at some age, usually a young age when you're very easily influenced, that then impacted their confidence and the way they approached food and dancing and themselves for a large portion of their careers. Yeah, it's always interesting to me when you look at someone and you think that like, the, yeah, like they have the quote unquote, perfect body, which, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't really exist, right? right. Everybody's unique and individual. Right. And, um, and you think that they're not going through issues. But it's like you said, it's more universal than we think. And um, it's just now recently that the support has become available. And I think with the dance world, it really needs it. Like, you know, I know you do yoga. I, I've discovered you I discovered yoga about a year ago, and it's made the hugest difference in mm-hmm. my dance training in my mindset, everything working together with cross training and that yeah. kind of thing. I love it. And I think it's been <laughs> I think that you know, the, some of the concepts that they go through with the intention and the positivity needs to be infused more in the dance world. I think in my own personal experience, I think it it's huge. I agree. Now, um, with uh, your injury that stopped your professional career, what led, you know, can you take us a little bit through that journey and how that may have uh, that changed your mindset on things? Did uh, that self torment still happen? What was the process of that? So any dancer, you know, who's gone through an injury knows how kind of devastating and depressing that can be. For me, I had injuries throughout, you know, hypermobility in my ankles and things like that, that wasn't always supported by strength. And then combined with a diet that was not uh, full of enough healthy nutrients and healthy fats and things like that to support my bones and my physicality led to stress fractures early on sort of throughout. One doctor told me, you just have a chronic sprain, like it's going to keep coming back. So I was dealing with that, but mostly getting through. And then when I was in my about mid-20s, I had this injury to my tibial sesamoid in, you know, the bottom of my foot. And I was in a soft cast and then a boot. And it was really devastating. And I was doing some emotional eating at that time. So it sort of made things get even worse with, you know, gaining weight and then deepening into those depressed feelings. 
around it. But then when I tried to come back from that injury, it was just such a uphill feeling battle and having no support, really. I felt very alone when I was in that time. I decided that I needed to take some time away. And even now, if I go back to dance, I, I can sometimes feel that injury crop up a little bit. So that's kind of where it's gotten to that end point for me. So during that time when you were uh, recovering, did you do physical therapy? And did you also do journaling or anything like that? I imagine that also was uh, shaped what we're going to talk about with your two awesome signature programs that you have to offer. Do you, um, what what uh, aspects of the injury process and the recovery um, led to maybe some aspects of your training programs? Sure. So I was not in a, a super healthy mindset for myself, you know, with journaling and things like that. I hadn't adopted those sorts of activities or skills yet at that point. I was working, though, at Whole Foods as the healthy eating specialist. So I was deepening my knowledge of nutrition and different dietary theories. And the time away from the mirror kind of allowed me to start. And at that point, it was still just the tip of the iceberg, but to start feeling my hunger and fullness cues and actually connecting with my body on a level that was away from the mirror and that constant criticism. Um, it was in that time as well that I started to do more yoga and I felt the same as you with your experience, how getting away from the mirror and feeling your body in a different way and having those reinforcing mantras, those positive body messages really helped me at that time. So that's kind of how the seeds started getting planted with nutrition and knowing that I wanted to go in that direction and get into health coaching. I didn't quite yet at that point know that health coaching was exactly the the position I would like to go into, but I started deepening my knowledge and, and feeling like this was the direction I wanted to go in. So as with any setback and being an achiever yourself, you found the positive in that um, that devastating injury and look where it has brought you to today, which I would love for you to talk about your signature programs. Really awesome stuff. Can you tell us um, the details? Can you tell us the details about the two programs and what differentiates one from the other? Of course. So the Whole Dancer program was the first program I created. And that one is sort of an overall wellness, dance life balance kind of program, getting into areas of self-care and making sure that you're prioritizing that just as much as you're prioritizing things like cross-training and healthy eating, and imparting some of the skills that dancers can use to help them to stay inspired, whether they're going through an injury or whether they're going through a transition or getting into audition season or anything like that. And that program is open all the time, so you can enroll at any time, and it's all online. There is a feedback component that you can add to the program if you want to have a little bit more support and mentorship from me as you go through it, but you can also just go through it on your own and you know, take those skills with you into your career and your future as a dancer. And then... The newest program that just launched in September 
is the Dancer's Best Body Program. And this came from working with dancers over the last year since I started The Whole Dancer in about August of 2015. So over the last year in my working with dancers, I've seen and I've known really, but it, it took some time for that to really come together and and gel. But I, I see the need for the focus on body and developing that positive body image, but also getting the skills that are going to be needed to help you attain your personal best dancer's body. So we talk about, you know, what to eat and meal planning and preparation and creating that food plan and that mindset that's going to help you to healthfully attain your personal best body. And that program is only offered limited times during the year. There's going to be a really exciting round coming up in January of 2017 that is going to be enrolling in early January. Some enrollment has happened already. But with that one, there's going to be some live components. So we'll have some group calls where, where the dancers will be able to relate to one another and, you know, hear common struggles and feel supported by each other in addition to the support that they get from me. And that, that one I'm really excited about because I, I appreciate the hands-on aspect and I really get so much joy from working more closely with the dancers as they go through this process. Oh, I was reading the modules on your programs and I thought, oh my, you know, I think a university needs to, I know that there are, and I went through a university dance program, but mm -hmm. I don't know if I just had selective memory, but I don't remember like really having access to the stuff that you provide and just how important that that is because like the whole thing with the body image, it's okay. Yeah, great. We're going to work on getting our technique as best as we can mm -hmm. and the dance history, all of that's important. Kinesiology, all that. And, I, and now I'm thinking, well, why didn't we talk about this in kinesiology? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the body. Come on. Right. You know, but it, that was, you know, that was a long time ago. And, and uh, hindsight is all, you know, you always learn more from when you look back. Um, do you normally, your clientele, are they all ballet dancers or do you work with uh, dancers of other styles? So it's mostly been ballet dancers, but I have worked with a few, a handful, I would say, of dancers of other styles just in the last couple of rounds of, of programs. So it's open to all dancers. Obviously, body is, is a concern regardless of style, really, in most cases. So it, it could definitely support dancers in, in all styles. Do you find a difference in mindset or anything else in terms of uh, with the ballet dancers that you've worked with as opposed to these ones that, that you've worked with recently that dance other styles? Not a major difference. Of course, you know, with ballet, there can be some additional, I think, pressure to be thin. Whereas, you know, other dance styles, you might be more welcomed if you have a more quote unquote, like athletic build, whatever they want to label you, you know, or however you label yourself. Um, whereas with ballet, I do feel, you know, they so much are thinking I need to be longer and leaner and, and look 
look smaller. And, you know, it's always kind of that focus. I mentioned about finding you in Dance Spirit Magazine. How did you start getting exposure on these prominent media outlets? Because you've also been on uh, In Point Magazine, and mm-hmm. now you have your podcast on Premier Dance Network. Yeah. Um, what's that process been like? And what's been kind of surprising about all this? So I've reached out to them. For the most part, that's how with the magazines, with Point and Dance Spirit. And, you know, I sort of presented what I was doing. And with both of those experiences, I was working closely with Shelby Ellsbury, who was dancing with Boston Ballet at the time. And so sort of together, we were able to provide them with the information about what we've been collaborating on and and the new programs that I've created And they've been so open and receptive to it. And I just think that there really is a void in that area, in the area of this support, especially around attaining that body that you want and need in a healthy way. So they they were very receptive. And everyone who I've spoken to through Point or Dance Spirit has been, you know, so open and happy that I've created this. So that's been really exciting to hear and see and to get that feedback. And then with the podcast, Kimberly Falker, we actually started, she started podcasting and her different channels. And I started The Whole Dancer around the same time. So I honestly think she and I had kind of been following one another from the beginning. And then she reached out and was going to be in the Boston area because her daughter is a dancer and she was at Boston Ballet. So We got to do an in-person interview, which was really cool. And then from there, she asked about having uh, a podcast on the Premier Dance Network, which was really exciting. Yes, it is. How do you like podcasting? It's fun. It's new. You know, I, um, I, I have struggled a little bit with feeling like what length is appealing, you know, like silly things like that. But um, overall, I really enjoy it. And I think it's a good medium for dancers just because – if you're sitting in the studio stretching or, you know, between rehearsals, it's an easy thing for them to pop in headphones and listen to something that can hopefully, you know, help or inspire them as they're going through their days. Yes. And I loved what you've covered so far. Like I listened to uh, your latest one about whether you should eat three big meals or six small meals. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love how you focus the emphasis on on the fact that we're all different. Our bodies are different. Our chemistry yeah. is different. And not one thing is going to work for someone else. And um, and also for me, the biggest thing was eliminating certain words like I don't really like the word diet. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the word, uh, which I used to use like cheat day for food, because I hate yes. to think of food as cheating. Right. And, well, anything is cheat. Like, you know, I like hacks, you know, I like like shortcuts, yeah. you know, <laughs> that right. kind of thing. But for me, what changed uh, in my struggles with um, getting uh, my weight down and that kind of thing, for me, the where my turning point was, and I'm still working on it is um, changing the mind, the internal of what my relationship with food was, and how I looked at it and my and uh, my interactions with it, which I never thought that that would be the thing mm-hmm. that would uh, give me progress. So that's it's why huge. I, yeah, and so yeah. I totally resonate with what you do. And then you talked about on uh, one of your blog posts, which I loved about taking imperfect action. And mm-hmm. it made me think of my own experience, even now dealing with when you know, when the choreographer calls or the teacher calls on you and and you're like panicked, even yes. though you know the choreography. <laughs> you're yeah. like, wait a minute, what just happened, you know? So um, 
with that, you know, that was you before. And, uh, you know, what you've, you know, through all your experiences and all your training now, you know, you have this new mindset, you're an entrepreneur, and you've, you've educated yourself and been through all these things and overcome these things. What three action tips would you now give someone advising them if they're in a dance class, um, how not to, to panic or, you know, get over that perfectionistic um, pressure that you put on yourself? Sure. Some of the, I mean, these ideas are some that I talk about a lot because it's the sort of thing that I think you might hear a number of times and you're like, oh, okay, that's a cool idea, but it takes a lot for you to actually start implementing them. They're so simple though. The first one would be using mantras, especially when you're actually in class. And especially if you're having a moment when you're getting caught up in the perfectionist mindset or you're just struggling, it's not going great. To remind yourself, you can say something to yourself like, I'm working towards my goals each and every day. Or reminding yourself, I'm a beautiful dancer with a lot to offer. So whatever phrase or sentence sort of resonates with you. And just to repeat that in your head as you're going through class, especially on those tough days, to remember why you're there and where your dedication stems from. And then a second idea is not when you're in the studio, but maybe at the end of the day or first thing in the morning, whenever it's most effective for you to do some gratitude journaling. So things that are specific to you as a dancer that you're grateful for maybe physical attributes that you have that are beautiful or that work really well for you or that are, you know, things that not everyone has. So you might be grateful for your beautiful feet. And, you know, we so easily get caught up in the negative that having these moments to remind yourself of what you're grateful for can have such a really positive impact on your whole day. And then the third is similar to a mantra, but a little bit more targeted on that idea that in class where we can get so caught up in the mirror. And in addition to getting caught up in the mirror, when we look in it, we tend to just pick out, you know, all, all the things we can come up with that are wrong. So you might be like, oh my gosh, this attitude is terrible. I'm not good at adagio. Why isn't my leg as high as hers? All of that stuff we get caught in. So when you're having those moments to right in that moment to consciously switch to a positive thought when you're assessing yourself. So, you know, you did your developé a la seconde and you you think, oh, why isn't it higher? Say instead to yourself, wow, I'm really keeping my hip down. It looks pretty today. I'm getting better. I'm working on this. So consciously switching those thoughts. Those are simple but effective, right? I yeah. love that. Oh my goodness! And it's so funny because as you were talking about that, I'm picturing. Okay, yeah, I thought that. I thought that too. <laughs> Not okay. Yeah, we all do it. it. Yeah, it's just really and it and and you're you're so right. It's just that that quick. It's training yourself, just like you're training mm-hmm. in your technique. Is that switch? That quick right. switch of and that takes practice. It takes practice in everything, whether it's dance or something else. But thank you so much for sharing that. It's really sure. helpful. Of course. Now we're gonna go into some fun questions. I'm so excited to hear what you're going to say on these. I call these the dance printer and quick steps. So whatever you think of first quickly, then you could say what it is. Are you ready, Jess? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Uh, dance style you haven't tried, but would like to and why? Hmm, maybe ballroom. I think it would be fun because I think that it incorporates a lot of elements of ballet or like that ballet technique would certainly support 
ballroom dancing. So I think certain aspects would feel familiar. And I've never tried that before. So I think that that would be fun. Did you do a lot of pas de deux when you were dancing? Yeah, mostly I would say I did the most in college. And then in the company, there were a few ballets we did where there was some sort of couples dancing. I was never like a party parent. I was always just like a couple of inches too short to be in that sort of a role. So I didn't have even those kind of uh, social dancing aspects of ballets most of the time. So yeah, very little exposure in in that way. Ah, okay. Yeah. Your favorite dancer or choreographer and why? So that's hard because I always have so many. Uh And, you know, like, I'm constantly inspired by so many dancers. And and especially now, I think, with all of the social media magic happening, which, you know, of course, is a double-edged sword. Some things are positive, and then it can have some negative impacts as well. But for me, I'm mostly just inspired by them and inspired by the dancers who are promoting positive messages, especially. So I'm going to give two dancers. Okay. Cool. Both Laurens, both named Lauren. Um, Lauren Herfindahl, who dances with Boston Ballet, and she is in the Corps de Ballet, and she actually was in the very first round of the whole dancer program, so I got to know her through that. And then since I live in the Boston area, and that's like my local company, I've gotten to see her perform in such incredible roles, like principal roles. And, you know, she's young, and she's in the core, and you just like see this energy that she has, and this drive, and uh, of course, just breathtaking technique. So I'm I'm just blown away by her every time that I see her. And having get, gotten to know her, her maturity at such a young age, I'm really inspired by how far she's come. And then the other Lauren would be Lauren Lovett of New York City Ballet. And I've just recently started following her, I think, on Instagram. And she posts such positive and inspiring messages with all of her gorgeous pictures that, you know, you just read them and you're like, wow, this was so such a good message to put out to all the young dancers who I'm sure follow her. So I, I'm loving what she's doing on social media right now. Well, I have to check those two out now. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing about people like that. Yeah. Dance style that currently describes your day and why. Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I think I just have to go with ballet because I'm so immersed in that world. And I do, you know, mostly work with ballet dancers. So I'm, I'm always, that's who I'm following. And those are the companies that I'm checking out. Um, so yeah, definitely ballet. Uh, let's, let's also say that there's like some grace in my day, maybe. Uh, love that. So, <laughs> or I aspire to that, having a graceful day. A graceful day. Oh, that just sounds so wonderful. <laughs> but like, you know, it's all about the intention, right? Just yes. Like in yoga, it's all about setting that intention. and Exactly. And uh, keep keeping focused, even if things are not, you know, the circumstances don't match that still internally, which I've, you know, learned, oh my right. goodness, so much. Now, I'm going to link all of your information in the show notes, and you can find Jess at thewholedancer.com. I'll have all her information for you to check out. Jess, this has been such a pleasure for me to have this conversation. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Annette. It was great. I really am thrilled to be a part of it.
I loved that conversation. I so enjoy hearing a dancer's journey and what they've been able to create from their dance experience and have a thriving business. It's so gratifying for me to hear success stories like this and share them with you. And if you found this helpful or any of the other sessions helpful, I would really appreciate a rating, a review, or for you to subscribe and for you to subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. And that way I can continue improving the podcast and get your name out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I really look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.